Podcast Strategies, Episode 75, Podcasting for Nonprofits. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This week, I am talking with my friend, Mary Valoni. Mary Valoni is a insanely successful fundraising expert, especially for nonprofits. And she had me on her show, Fundraising Freedom, recently to talk about how nonprofits could be using podcasts to help get their message across and raise money. So if you're interested in either of those two subjects, you should definitely check out my conversation with Mary coming up right now. Today's guest, we are so fortunate to have with us the podcast man himself. We have uh, Danny Osmond, who's going to be our guest on the show today. And Danny, you have such an incredible background in music, in podcasting, and I know that you're going to bring so much information to our audience in the nonprofit space. So welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background and just the work that you've done. Give people an idea of, of the kind of work that you do. Yeah, well, people that meet me, like you guys were in the mastermind together and um, people that just meet me in this space, they're very surprised to hear that I have a music background, first of all. And a lot of people don't know about me that I have a master's degree in conducting. You know, the person that waves their arms in front of an orchestra and a choir. That's what I went to school for. That's what I have a master's degree in. And then I really quickly, I spent my first 10 years of my career in the nonprofit arts space. I very quickly learned that I would have to be 50 some years old before I ever got a great job as a conductor in that space because there are guys that, and ladies that are you know, 70, 80 years old sitting on stools in front of an orchestra just so they can continue their job. So they, they, don't, uh, they don't give those jobs up easily. Um, when my daughter was born, actually, about 11 years ago now, uh, she suffered a brain injury during birth. And that required a whole change in my life in terms of flexibility and what my wife and I did for careers. So at that point, I'd been dabbling around with... Um, recording and playing around with mics and interfaces and software and stuff like that. So I started a recording studio and was recording bands, musicians. Uh, my niche was actually the pop acapella world. So if you're familiar with Pentatonix or the Pitch Perfect movies, I worked with those people and groups like that. Um, so I did that for a while. And then just to get through the stress of all the things that were going on with my daughter and, and things that were changing in our lives, I started listening to podcasts and podcasts really helped me. Um, so I started a, a podcast agency, really. Like I started helping people launch podcasts and helping them produce them and helping them grow them and, and managing them. And that's what uh, I do primarily today in my business. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, we are in a a mastermind group together. And uh, we were just recently talking about podcasting. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you just felt like everybody should have a podcast. Yes. Do you think that every nonprofit should have a podcast? I definitely would think that every nonprofit, every organization, anyone who has something to say should have a podcast. 
And there's many reasons that we can go into <laughs> for okay. sure. Okay. Which is, I mean, ultimately why I was like, this conversation is yeah. so important because I do think that our nonprofit leaders, I mean, they are experts in the fields that they work in. Mm-hmm. And so often they have information to share that nobody even knows, like nobody even has a clue of yeah. how, how you could better serve this clientele, this base of people. So uh, just if somebody's considering starting a podcast, what, what do they need to know to get started? What, what should they know? Well, first of all, you have to have the desire to improve communication between you and your community or around your cause or within and without your organization. Then everything after that is pretty easy. It's relatively easy. Um, you've started your own podcast. You know, you, you basically need a, a USB mic. The mic that I love is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. It's about a $65, $70 microphone. It's a USB microphone. So it can plug right into your MacBook Pro and you can start recording. You can use QuickTime. You can use GarageBand. If you're one of those PC people, you can use Audacity or whatever. And then all you need after that is a hosting solution. So there's companies out there like Libsyn is a, a company I use a lot or Blueberry or Podbean, where they essentially take your file and spread it to the rest of the world. There's some other details that go into it, but it's relatively easy. Um, and the reason getting back to like why people should have a podcast I'm pretty sure that most organizations are already creating some form of content, right? They know they need to be in content marketing. And really, that's what podcasting is. It's got some bigger things going on with it. But if you're creating that content in some form or another, a podcast can actually be a way of saving time. Because you can record a podcast as if you were dictating notes to somebody who's going to write a blog article or something like that. Or if you were going to deliver a keynote, you know, you would maybe record it first to hear how it's going to go. And then you transcribe it. And then you or your support staff or whatever can generate the necessary blog articles and social media posts and quotes and things like that from a podcast. Um, But getting back to the why, Mm -hmm. podcasts, the, the, the reason I got into it, um, and the, the reason that it moves me to do what I do every day is that right now, especially I can think for nonprofits and causes out there, it's hard for people to walk an inch, let alone a mile in someone else's shoes these days. And podcasts are the one form of new media where you can have a long form, nuanced conversation. You can share stories of what real people are experiencing. And the people that are listening to podcasts and the reason they're so popular, it's because people are lonely <laughs> right now. They are starved for actual conversation. Um, when they're stuck in their long commutes, when they're at their frustrating jobs, you know, they want to connect with someone and they don't get that. They're, when they're dealing with the way we communicate mostly through technology now, they, they lose that connection. Um, when they're running, when they're working out, when they're cleaning their house... Maybe they want to learn something and a podcast is a way to do that. And then the podcast host who is literally millimeters from the person's eardrums becomes their friend very quickly, becomes an expert. Um, After a few episodes, this real bond of trust develops. And like I said, they're not only becoming the friend of the podcast host, 
it quickly establishes the host as an expert or an authority on the subject. So you mentioned that with nonprofits out there, they have an expertise in a certain area, and this is a way that they can get that information to people who want to hear it. Um, I mean, I can keep going on and on. There's, there are statistical advantages to podcasting. You right now you have more than 50% of Americans who listen to podcasts. They, they listen to podcasts on a weekly basis and that number has increased steadily over the last 10 years, like two to 5% each year. And the even more telling stat is that 90% of podcast listeners, that's nine zero, consume at least half or more than half of an episode. So wow. you've got people that are really tuning in, they're listening, they're devouring what you give to them much more so than blogs, much more so than videos, even more so than social media posts. So this is that form of new media where you really have a chance to connect with the listener. Absolutely. Well, and even, you know, because I wrote a book and because I did, you know, my Mm audio book around that, I just realized more and more that when people are willing to listen to your voice for longer than a certain period of time, obviously that was about three and a half hours for my audio book, but like people consume podcasts like Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like they just can see, I mean, I know when I started listening to one of our mutual friends, Mike Kim, I mean, like, I think I listened to, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say this, but like, <laughs> I mean, I think he had well over 60 episodes and I want to yeah. say that I consumed most of them within the first couple of weeks. Well, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus. Yeah. There's a podcast that I listen to and I'll, I'll geek out even more. I mean, you know that I live in Orlando, Florida. There's a reason and that's Disney World. And there is a Disney podcast where I've listened to over 450 episodes of it. And I started listening like 300 episodes in and then went back and listened to all. It's like um, you, you weren't with us in Florida when we did our conference with Mike in April and during my presentation, I show this slide of, it's hard to describe, maybe I'll, I'll give you a link so you can put it in the show notes, but it's this advertisement of a group of friends sitting together. I think they're eating yogurt or something like that. And there is a person sitting on the floor next to this wall that the advertisement's on eating yogurt too and acting like they're talking with the people. And that's kind of the effect of the podcast. I mean, how many times have I had... Um, clients that I work with that are podcast hosts tell me stories of so-and-so walked up to me at a conference and they asked me about this problem that I was having with my teenage daughter. And I was like, how did you know that? And like, oh yeah, you told us on the podcast like six months ago. How's that going? It's like literally they are your friend and it's it's a two-way conversation, but only in their mind. So it's creepy in a way, but at the same time, it's a real connection for a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, and especially when you're talking about raising money, like this podcast is all about, Mm -hmm. is that when you're trying to get into somebody's wallet, you have to build a relationship. And so if they feel like they know you, you don't necessarily need to know everything about them, but yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. And that has happened so many times with me where like, because I do talk about building my house Mm and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, how did they know that? (laughs) It's like, and I'm sure we catch that on social media too. So Mm -hmm. whether you post it on social or whatever, But so have you, um, just curious as to, you know, you are a donor to charities, you you Mm -hmm. volunteer, you help charities as well. What are you seeing people do well in the nonprofit space uh, that you you think other people should replicate? 
Yeah, I and and I have a unique take on this too because I I watch nonprofits because I was I worked for two and for 10 years and my wife has been involved with arts arts nonprofits for over 20 years now. Um what I see nonprofits do well in general is that they stay on mission. They're very mission focused, right? They, they, they have a reason they exist and that's really the only reason they exist. My business is not a, is a for-profit business. So yes, I want to help people change the world. Yes. I want people to hear stories. That's my why, but there's always that bottom line there too. Of I also need to make a profit. I want a profit. I want to grow. I want to be able to save money for my family so that we can take wonderful trips and stuff like that. So with nonprofits, I see them staying on mission and staying focused on their core values um, better than a lot of others. And then this is an area where, especially when I worked in the nonprofit arts um, almost 20 years ago now, we did a lot of events that weren't very interesting and they cost a lot of money and there were a lot of rich people there that came just because they belong to this club with this person that had blue hair and stuff like that. You know, it, it was that. And these days, especially with some of the events I've seen you do and, and work on and, and just events I've seen in general, there are lots of interesting events going on in the nonprofit space that really engage the communities around those nonprofits, whether it's the community around the nonprofit itself or like the geographic, the local regional community as well. And I think that's, that's, uh, strong nonprofit game right now is interesting events that really fit and engage people. Yeah. Well, and I find that, I mean, obviously what I teach is that you, if you want a group of people to, to support you, you Mm -hmm. have to find like-minded people. So it's like getting that one leader who's going to step up and then the others are going to follow. And, you know, you as an expert in the podcasting space, I, I can see so many correlations between that, that it's like, if you have people that connect with an audience that you want to support mm-hmm. your cause, how easy is it for you to use interviews and to use your platform to yeah. engage those people in a new way? So I know like you push, if somebody is going to start a podcast and they are going to you know, get their message out, I love what you shared as far as like being an expert in the field, but then also bringing in other experts. Other experts, yeah. Yeah. Would you mind just talking on that? Like, because I think, I mean, that's critical when it comes to raising support is getting into those other Sure. There, there are so many different ways to use a podcast. And the, the traditional thing you see from people and, and businesses and even nonprofits that I've seen do... Um, podcast is that they start out with establishing the pillars, establishing their main values, their uh, the the key information about the cause that they're talking about, or something like that. And it's usually taken care of by the host. Uh, it's a, a what we call in the, in the business or whatever <laughs> a solo show, right? So once you've established those key points, those key pillar. Um, thoughts and key pillar content, evergreen content that you want out there, it's a good idea to bring in other experts in the field, maybe from other organizations, other people from within your organization, people from around the world that can support what you're saying, because then the people listening to you realize, oh, wow, they really do know what they're talking about. And then you also have to think about 
community because if you're reaching out to the world to try and raise money, whether that's you're reaching out to other people with deep pockets or whether you're reaching out through crowdfunding to people that have less money but really want to um, participate and give $5 a month or something like that through Patreon or whatever, it's a good idea to feature your audience. So that's a nice bit of content. Uh, I have clients that do this all the time with their episodes is they'll throw an episode in where they interview an audience member or they do... Um, like I work with a lot of coaches and things like that. So they may bring on one of their clients and do a live coaching or they'll do a focus group, you know, in a way with a group of people and ask a bunch of questions or they'll be at a conference and they'll, they'll do different things that change it up, but always come back to supporting their mission and the reason that they have the podcast and, and providing content to their ideal listener. Yeah. So speaking about ideal listener real quick, mm -hmm. is that, you know, in the nonprofit space, which is, is uniquely different than the for-profit space. And the fact that the person who's giving to your cause is not the person who's receiving the direct benefits. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. I, I have gotten the question because I do podcasts and my nonprofit clients are saying, well, if I want a podcast, you know, like who should I talk to? You know, there, there I do work with two different audiences. Right you know, what do you recommend when it comes to that, when it comes to how do you, how do you connect with both a donor, you know, the person who's giving to your cause and the person who's maybe receiving benefit? Right. Or would you say that these are two completely different podcasts? Well, I think it, I think it depends. Um, I think there's a way to do both on the same podcast because certainly the donors are want, going to want to hear content that supports what you're actually doing in the world, right? Who you're actually helping, whether that's giving information to those people um, and communicating to them or whether that's featuring them on the show and sharing their wonderful stories. It really comes down to how the organization, I think, is structured and how they're making their money. If, if they feel like podcasting is a way to find donors, um, which... I'll, and I'll, I'll share some information in a second, which could indicate that, yes, it probably is. Um, then it, it's, it's probably a good idea to focus the podcast on the donors. So featuring success stories of how your organization has helped other people or helped further the cause that you're furthering um, or featuring other donors who've had good experiences who maybe now are board members or whatever that podcast should probably be focused that way because if you if you go into the the statistics of who listens to podcasts and another link we can share in your show notes is um to some of the research that edison research has done about podcast listeners and the demographics most podcast listeners are between the age of 25 to 54. So you've got, I think it's 40% of podcast listeners are in that range. They are people who have $120,000 or more in household income annually. And I'm, I'm sort of generalizing these numbers because I don't remember the exact number, but it's around 120,000. Most podcast listeners have at least an undergraduate degree or an advanced degree. So these are people that care about causes, they're um, intellectual, they have disposable income usually, and that could lean towards a podcast being a good thing for finding donors. If you find that you really 
want to put the content out there to show what you're doing, like really truly as content marking that, hey, this is what we're doing and we want to bring this person on the show who we helped last year solve this problem through our so-and-so program, then yeah, you might want to have a podcast solely focused on that. Because if you're a good nonprofit doing great work, you probably have a lot of stories to share. And going back to my days in nonprofits and thinking about development and how to make money and fundraise and things like that, we were always sharing stories. We were always you know, going to find donors who shared the same values that we did and sharing those stories and sharing how they could help. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a long way of answering your question, but I think you could do either all in one or both. It really just depends on your structure and what the focus is of the podcast. Yeah. Well, and based on what you just said, I mean, really great statistics because it, it's so true. I mean, like mm-hmm. that age range, 25 to 54, that 120,000, give or take. But though that is the level of a person that, most of our charities are looking to, to bring on, trying yeah. to yeah, yeah, engage yeah. that kind of population. And I get the question more often than anything is, I've, I've run out of contacts. Right, right. I have run out, of, I have called on everybody I know. I have you know connected with everybody. And how do I find people who make that kind of money? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is what's really interesting about this topic is that it's like you can create a podcast that really attracts that kind of a person to your cause. And most people that I know, like if they, if they're passionate about a certain topic, as long as you stay on topic, if you stay on point, as far as what they're interested in, they will listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really yeah. great. I love that. So good. Um, so just back to what you've seen and what you, what, what's working right. with not, what have you seen that's not working that you're like, please don't ever do this. If you're listening to this yeah. right now, <laughs> well, the, Danny thinks. one of the number one complaints I hear out of the nonprofit world, cause it was a complaint when I was in the nonprofit world is we never have enough staff. The ever all the whole staff is overworked, underpaid their, you know, I, I learned marketing because I was an operations manager at my first nonprofit. In addition to being the assistant conductor, in addition to being like the director of artistic planning, I had to learn some of the marketing stuff and I had to learn some of the fundraising stuff. So I hear that complaint a lot. And I think what's not working, which I've implemented in my business to actually succeed is that nonprofits don't outsource enough. Um, they're overworking their small staffs. And if they wanted to take on something like a podcast, it's not a ton of work, but it's a lot of work and it's a long play. You, you know, if you're going to start a podcast, you got to be ready to do it for six months to a year. So it's got to be in your budget and you've got to try and you've got to keep going and you've got to stay consistent, whether it's a a monthly podcast, a a every other week podcast or a weekly podcast. Once you start, it's got to get up there and it's got to go. So that's honestly, that's where a company like mine comes in, Emerald City Productions. You know, I assist podcasters and corporations and nonprofits. I mean, I'm working with corporations like Salesforce all the way down to individual podcasters like you. And what we do is we help them deliver high quality sound and a well-produced podcast. But we're essentially making it so that really all they have to do is record into a microphone and then they're done all the tech, all the production, all of the publishing and scheduling. And, um, you know, we write show notes, which are essentially, it's copy that would go um, 
out into the podcast players so people know what's in there or links and people have seen them before. But it's also stuff that can go on the website with the episode. It's stuff that can be used in social media posts. And we even are, you know, for several clients doing things like um, creating blog posts connected to the episode, creating the website page, creating the email that goes out to the email list that tells them that this is going out, creating the social most, creating the, uh, the graphics and things like that. Also that that overworked staff that's small doesn't have to take on any of that stuff. The marketing person for the nonprofit organization can say, okay, my topic this week is this, here are my five bullet points, I'm going to talk about this, and then email it to someone else. And then it's done. And that I think is what I've seen not work the most is that they're not taking advantage of the contract help that's out there, whether it's Fiverr all the way up to people like me that are doing much more of a concierge, you know, one-on-one tailored to you type of service for this type of marketing. Yeah. So good. Well, and I'm glad that you jumped in and shared a little bit about what you do because in the end, I I do think that that's, what's overwhelming about podcasting Mm -hmm. is that, you know, most, most of our nonprofit leaders can jump on a microphone and talk mm-hmm. for 20, 30 minutes. Right. No problem. I'm the same way, you know, give me a microphone. Me too. And sit and talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't even edit my own podcast. That's because <laughs> like, I don't I, either. Yeah. I can get on the microphone and talk and then be done. And I just don't want to touch it again. Yeah. Well, in my last episode, I was talking about staying in your zone of genius And that's the thing. If your zone of genius, if your expertise is the industry that you work in, well, it makes total sense to just talk on the thing that you're good at, you know, talk to your clients, your, your donors, your, you know, the people that you serve and allow that the people like yourself and others who are so good at at just getting it out to the masses, Mm -hmm. let them do that. So I really appreciate that. I do know that one, like one of my clients just got a, a grant to do a podcast Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I know, which is awesome because that's people are starting to realize that podcasting is a great platform to get your message mm-hmm. out there. And so, I mean, if if a donor is going to invest in your cause, they may be like, hey, if you're going to yeah. do a podcast, count me in. I will sponsor that. And what a great yeah. way. Now you've got an advertising platform you know, to talk about your sponsors where, Mm -hmm. you know, typically you only have events to do that. Right. So this is another great way for people to bring on sponsors. A a podcast that does minimal marketing, right? You know, maybe one social post, they send out an email to their list. Um, They ask on the podcast, hey, share this with people you know that you think would enjoy this. A podcast that does that is guaranteed to get at least... 100 to 150 downloads per episode. If they never do anything else in the first month or two, they'll get 50 to 100 to 150 downloads. And if you're the nonprofit out there, think about that. If you had an event once a week that 50 to 100 to 150 people showed up to and listened to you speak for a half an hour or 45 minutes, how many of those people do you think might become an eventual donor? How many of those people would immediately go to your GoFundMe or whatever platform you're using and give you $5 or, or a, a site like Patreon, which a lot of nonprofit arts organizations are using now, getting $10 a month just for you know a, an extra five minutes of a podcast episode, they're supporting this organization. And we're talking you know $1,000 a month, $5,000 a month that can go in to your, your budget each year and, and as support. So 
to me, it's really a no brainer. Um, it just takes, like I said, that desire to improve that communication to start. Absolutely. No, so good. Ugh, that's what I was like. I get fired up about podcasts because I was like, in the world that we live in now, especially mm-hmm. if your organization reaches multiple communities and multiple, you know, regions. I mean, I work with so many organizations that are, they're all over the country and around the world. Yeah. So this is a great platform for them to pick up donors and obviously pick up you know, people that you can serve as well that mm-hmm. when you're looking for them. So anyway, so uh, is there, I know you shared at the top of our conversation, some resources, some, sure. you know, the, here's the podcasting, uh, you know, kind of equipment that you need, but is there a resource that you'd recommend or even a podcast that's out there that you're like, Hey, this is one that I would just start listening to or paying attention to, or a mm-hmm. book or a resource uh, for well, our audience. And I don't mean to like keep plugging myself, but Honestly, because this is what I do, if you're thinking about a podcast, my podcast is a great place to start. Uh, it's called Podcast Strategies, and people can find it wherever they listen to podcasts. Um, right now, you can open up your app and type my name, Danny Osmond, into the search, and it'll be the first um, result that comes up. If you listen to my podcast, start with the first five episodes because that will lay out, here's the why. Like here, all the things I've said on this interview with Mary um, and more in terms of here's why they should be podcasting and then immediately goes into, and here's how. Here's the things you need to get. Here's what you need to think about. Um, They can also go to my website, which is dannyosmond.com. It has a ton of resources on there. I also have, uh, if, if they happen to be a LinkedIn learning member, um, used to be Linda, it's now LinkedIn learning. I have an A to Z basics course called uh, Producing Podcasts, which over 7,500 people have taken now. It's about an hour and a half, but it basically lays out A to Z. Here's how to choose the audience that you're speaking to. Here's how to choose your title, the format. Um, here's what you need to do to create the artwork and all the ins and outs of the technical side. Then it goes into, here's the gear to buy. Here's how to record. Here's how to edit. Here's how to create the final version that then you need to upload to this company that's a hosting platform. And it basically goes all the way through in about an hour and a half of exactly what you need to know. Where were you, Danny, when I was getting started? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so that's awesome. And we'll make sure that there's links here in the show notes as well sure. for that. Because, I mean, it is, it's so hard when you're first getting started to know, what do I even do? What do I even, you know, to even consider this? And I'm not, you know, necessarily saying that, hey, because you're listening to this episode, you need a podcast. But at the same time, I'm like, if you're trying to get in front of a larger audience, like you said, Danny, like, it makes total sense. I think about the pastors and the ministry leaders that I work with, and I'm like, some of them have church sizes that are yes. smaller than mm-hmm. a podcast, you know, has, you know, like, I mean, I, I talk to more people than actually have a church across the street. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a bigger congregation than the church across the street. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if they're already thinking about doing video and things like that, podcasting is actually easier than video because you don't have to look good to do it. You can do it in your pajamas. You can do it in your office, whatever. I mean, the the mic that I suggested, the mic that Mary has, I'm looking at right now, the one that I have, you can do that just in an office. Um, and you can edit it. So if you're one of those people, you can edit a video, but it's a lot harder, right? You have to like 
make it look a little smoother, you have to redo some stuff. With a podcast, you can actually go through and edit sentences together and it sounds like you never made an edit. So it's one of those things, it's just an easy way to get that content out there. Long form, nuanced conversations, stories, you know, it's it's just amazing compared to a lot of the other forms of new media that we have today. Yeah, awesome. So true. So this is the Fundraising Freedom Podcast. So uh, I do want to ask, what does freedom mean to you, Danny Osmond? Freedom to me means having the time to develop new ideas and concepts in my business and organization without having to worry about managing the machine that is the day-to-day of running the organization. Yeah. Oh, so good. And freedom, like you said, if our nonprofits could actually pick out and work with people that actually could take away some of that anxiety and the extra work, like hiring somebody like you mm-hmm. or bringing on somebody like me, it, it does make a huge difference in them being able to focus in on what they're the best at. So I agree. That. So I know you mentioned a little bit about the work that you do, but if somebody does want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to reach out and to have a conversation or to find out more about the work that you do? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to emeraldcitypro.com slash call. They can set up a quick discovery call with me. That's the easiest way. You'll get me right away and we can and talk. Uh, I prefer not to go through email right away. Just sit down and start talking um, and I can find out what it is you do, what you need help with, what areas we could work together in improving whatever you need to have happen with your podcast or even starting a podcast. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, any parting piece of guidance for our our listeners right here, if they're thinking about podcasting, if it's kind of stirring in them, uh, any last thoughts for them? Like I said, podcasting is, it's a long game. Um, There's actually a term in the podcasting world called pod fade because most people don't get past like the first 16 episodes that they do. And so that's why I always come back to, if you really want to start a podcast, it's great to start out with a really good idea in mind of what you want to talk about and have that desire to really communicate with people um, and really get all the information across to them that you, that you want to share with your community. So good. Well, and I know when I first got started, I, I, somebody had mentioned like, you're not really a podcast until you have a hundred (laughs) episodes. So so I went in with the perspective of I'm going to do a minimum of a hundred episodes. And those first hundred are really going to be me like just getting my feet wet and figuring out how does this work and that whole thing. So I didn't, I didn't take it too seriously, but to be honest with you, this podcast is the best marketing thing I've ever mm-hmm. done. So that's awesome. You know, I, I think that when somebody hears your voice and they can start to build trust and they they depend on you for that information, it makes all the difference. And so, Danny, you're you're the go-to guy on podcasting. And so the same thing goes, you know, here you guys have been listening to um, the best in the business. So if you if you want to get into it, reach out to Danny. 
Um, of course, you can always ask me questions too, but uh, we'd love to help you get your message out to more people and impact more lives. So thank you, Danny, for being a guest on the show and for sharing your wisdom with our audience. And uh, I look forward to helping you guys as you continue to move forward in your mission to go raise some big dollars. So let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time. I would love to get some more information from all of the listeners out there, people who love podcast strategies, people who are listening each week. I want to know what you need and what is bothering you right now or what problems you're having, what hurdles you can't get over in your business or with your podcast. You know, you're trying to figure out just like what to figure out, which is hard enough. And since we don't, know each other, even though we know each other through the podcast, but we don't really know each other. It's hard for me sometimes to know how or if I can help everyone that's listening. Is it crazy to assume that like me, you're against wasting time and opportunity? So here's my idea. Let's schedule a 10 minute call where I jump right into asking you two simple questions. Number one, what are three of your top headaches or frustrations in your business right now? You could just say, I hate trying to blank. And number two question, what are two to three goals for your business that you want to kill over the next three to six months? That's it. You don't have to worry about if they're in my skill set or represent the kind of work I do. I know other people that might be able to help you if I can't help. You're just going to vomit out the answers and I'll know immediately if I can help. The rest is easy to figure out. I do you want me to help? That's it. Are you against giving that a shot? If not, just go over to dannyosmond.com slash call and schedule a quick 10 minute call with me at a time that works for you. And I really look forward to talking with you, hearing your opinions, hearing your answers and seeing if there's a way that I can help you or get you the help that you need. 